0: Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go.
1: Hey, business storytellers. How's it going? Christoph Trapp here. Thanks for joining me for another live stream. We're live as usual on Periscope, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and LinkedIn. So in the future, uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast version, please uh, connect with me on any of those channels so you will be notified when we're live. Today's guest, I want to talk about How do we make stories more repeatable and, of course, also retweetable? Uh, That is a good title. I didn't come up with it. Uh, Today's guest sent me the title draft and uh, very well thought out, of course. Uh, But today's today's guest is Sam Horn. She's the the founder and CEO, global keynote speaker and best-selling author. We'll have the link up here in a little bit to all of her books so you can check them out in one place. Um, Sam, thanks for joining us today
0: you're welcome christoph i'm looking forward to sharing some real life insights that your listeners can put to use immediately
1: awesome that's that's the name of the game right how do we implement anything today uh, but but tell me about what's the uh, what's the importance of having a story that can actually be repeated and what's interesting before you answer that I guess is um, I quote certain people all the time. So when you when we started talking about this show, I'm thinking, I wonder what they're doing. Why is their story so much more repeatable? It's stuck in my mind, and you know I'm quoting them, and I remember the exact words. And then there's other people. I don't remember a single word that they said, right? That's right,
0: that's right. There's an art and a craft to this. So first, how I came up with this phrase, repeatable and retweetable. I was the executive director of the Maui Writers Conference for 17 years, kind of what can is to the film industry, we were to the publishing industry. And Gary Marshall, the director of the movie Pretty Woman, said something so profound, I remember it as if he said it this morning. He said, Hollywood directors can predict when their movies will make money based on one thing. Do people walk out of the theater repeating something they heard word for word? See, if someone walks out of the theater saying, make my day or I'll be back or show me the money, when someone says, seen any good movies? They're talking about your movie. They're taking you viral, and they're talking about you in an enthusiastic way that actually motivates other people to see it. So here's our question to our listeners, Kristoff: When people finish hearing your virtual presentation or your online summit or your webinar, read your book, can they repeat anything they heard word for word? If not, get ready to take notes because that's what we're going to talk about today. I I don't know the answer
1: I don't know if people are quoting my book I don't so I even have a t-shirt on right see that content performance culture sounds simple enough to me but I don't see any people walking out of my office and saying hey um, that one quote from Christoph was so great we're gonna you know talk about that on the way home Uh, so so how do we get there what's
0: the uh, what's the science behind it Okay, let's. I hope people have notes because in seventeen years of Maui Writers Conference, all of our best-selling authors, whether it was Mitch Albom or Dave Barry, they didn't agree on anything except this: ink it when you think it. So get notes right now and put A I R on your notes because we're going to talk about how to craft an airtight. Sound bite that becomes your rally cry. That when you want people to start or stop or do something differently, you're going to distill it into this one sentence that is repeatable and retweetable. So let's go through the AIR. A is for alliterative, alliteration is when words start with the same sound. It makes our language lyrical and it makes us instantly eloquent. Here's a quick example and then I'll toss the ball back to Christoph, and we can work through the other two letters. Let's think about alliteration. Now just listen to this. Bed, toilet, and shower. Duncan, croissants. Best purchased. Kind of clunky, right? Now make those words alliterative. Bed, bath, and beyond. Best buy. Duncan donuts. Rolls Royce. Now if you're thinking this is just petty, uh, no, it's pivotal. Here's an example. If you've ever had a cup of coffee, have you ever put a cardboard insulating sleeve around one of those hot cups of coffee so you didn't burn yourself? Hello.
1: Hi. Are you still there? I have a special offer for you. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. My Going Live book is now available on Amazon.com. And if you're in the United States, I'm happy to send you a signed copy, which you can order at me forward slash C-T-R-A-P-P-E, C-T-R-A-P-P-E, forward slash 12. Thanks for your interest. If you're not in the United States, I can't send you a signed copy. But of course, you can order on Amazon.com.
0: It's hard to build a business around an unpronounceable name. So Jay Sorensen saw an opportunity. He didn't call them cardboard insulating sleeves. You know what he called them, (laughs) Kristoff? What? Java jackets. Boom. He cornered the market. In fact, he says people who meant to call his competitors call him because they don't remember the competitor's name. They remember his. So here's a question. What is your rally cry? What is the one action you want people to start or stop or do differently? Have you distilled it into one sentence? And are any of those words alliterative? If they do, it's gonna increase the likelihood people remember them and act on them. So ball back to you, Kristoff.
1: Throw it on over. Um, so what, what comes to my mind, Sam, is um, some of those things you mentioned, I would put them in the creative category, right? We have a brainstorming meeting and we're trying to think about what are we gonna name this? What are we gonna call it? What is it, right? So I'm sure you ja- have jacket that came out of a brainstorming session, right? And of course, in today's world, i mean everybody's like oh we need more push 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 more demand generation we've had plenty of shows where we talked about the difference between demand generation and creative work but what you're saying is you have to be creative and brainstorm and collaborate to even get there right and it has an impact on your brand and your on the revenue
0: you know i have really good news for you all these techniques are in my pop book and even if you're saying, I'm not creative, you know, my ad team does that, my marketing sales team does that, I'm the founder, or I'm the whatever, anyone could be more creative, because I've created these replicable approaches. I mean, you can do it right in this call. Shall we talk about the other two ideas? And I guarantee you, people in our call will be able to craft something that is much more likely to be remembered and acted on. So we keep going?
1: Uh- Sam, please don't ask for permission to share all this valuable insight. Uh, just keep going. Uh, but uh, I, I want m- to yeah. <laughs> mention one thing really quickly for people listening. You see it on the screen, of course, if you're watching. Uh, but Sam's books, it'll be in the show notes as well. ctrap.online forward slash Sam. That goes straight to her author page on Amazon. Check them out. Um, I didn't just link to one. I couldn't pick. I couldn't pick which ones. So. Uh, You can pick whatever one you want to take a look at. But yes, keep going.
0: (laughs) Okay, let's put down the I now. and I is for iambic meter. When you put it in a beat, you make it easy to repeat. When you put it in a beat, you make it easy to repeat. There is a musicality, a rhythm to a repeatable, retweetable phrase. Just listen to this. It's like, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. Takes a lickin' and keeps on ticking. If you see something, say something. Now I'm going to give you a 60 second example of the power of this because this is not just semantics or wordplay. My sons were at Virginia Tech when a young man took automatic rifles and killed a number of students and faculty. It was really a tragedy, and the very next day in Hokie Stadium, there in Blacksburg, Virginia, 60,000 faculty, students, family members gathered to, to mourn what had happened. And I tell you, Christoph, speaker after speaker got up and they talked about the nightmare and the horror and the tragedy and the mood in that stadium was awful. And poet Nikki Giovanni, who is a professor at Virginia Tech, got up and she sensed that this languaging was not helping people. And so do you know what she said? We are Virginia Tech. We will prevail. We are Virginia Tech. We will prevail. And in six words, everyone rose to their feet and picked up that chant. Following, they put that those six words on an armband that thousands of people wore. The businesses in Blacksburg put that banner in their store window. So in six words, she changed the focus from the horror of what had happened to people coming together and moving forward. It is the power of when you put something in a beat, not only do you make it easy to repeat, you inspire people so they take up that rally cry.
1: Yeah, well, one, once again, I mean, it's creativity, right? And when, when you were mentioning this, you know, the The jingle, just it's just in my head nonstop because I see it. It's like on every football game on the commercials. You know, the $5, $5 foot long, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and seriously, if I ever need a a, a sandwich and I'm going by a subway, I might buy a $5 foot long, even though I don't know much about it, other than that's the jingle. Um, So so once again, right, it's the creativity, right? You don't create that stuff. Uh, But but how do you how do you do it? How do you measure what's going to work and what's not going to work? I mean, is it uh, you know, the story I always tell Sam is when I first started in in journalism, we didn't measure anything. Right. Nothing was measured. It's just if the boss loved it, it was good. Right. Nobody knew if anybody read it. Nobody knew if it did anything. Uh, But of course, today, everything, everybody wants to measure everything. So
0: so how do we know? How do we know that it's working? I love what you're talking about because we want to track it so we can tweak it, right? We want to track it so that we are making sure we're getting bottom line results. And I really want to clarify, I'm not just talking about ad jingles or marketing slogans or taglines. I'm talking about changing lives. And I'll give you an example with R. So A is for alliteration, I is iambic meter, and R is for rhyme. Rhyme is sublime and rhyme is membered over time. For an example, the U.S. government was really concerned about injuries in car accidents. And so they mounted a multi-million dollar public service campaign and they called it Buckle Up for Safety. Well, as Duke Ellington said, it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Nothing happened. That clunky phrase went in one ear in one eye and out the other. So they went back to the drawing board. This time they came up with a rhyme and three words, click it or tick it. Boom. That resonated with people and it motivated them to actually change their behavior. And Christoph you said how can we track the effectiveness that the that the incident of injuries went down fatalities went down because three words motivated people to comply with a law. That is the power of what we're saying. It's not just cute. You know, it's it's actually the power of words. Everyone matters. And you and I are storytellers and we're in business and we have things we care about, whether it's our cause, our company, our career. And the question is, how can we ask ourselves, what do we want that that um, you know, government contractor to remember? What do we want our audience to remember? What do we want that interviewer to do? Let's put it in one sentence, and now we start crafting it with some alliteration, some rhyme, we put it in a beat, and we dramatically increase the likelihood that in a world of infobesity, now we've got some intrigue.
1: Inphobesity, is this like 55% of the American population Infobesity, <laughs> something like that. Well,
0: it. what we're talking about is wah wah, wah wah, wah wah. It's all the Zoom calls where people are monologuing. It's a sage on the stage. It gets up on the platform and talks nonstop and lectures. Infobesity goes in one ear, out the other. And what you and I believe in is that if we care about something, it is our responsibility to make it intriguing, to get people's eyebrows up. So they're actually motivated to pay attention. And so they're motivated to remember something and then once again, do something differently as a result.
1: Yeah, don't get me, don't get me started on terrible Zoom calls. I mean, we've done plenty of shows on that topic. <laughs> people getting monologues, uh, there, there must be a term for that. Um, I was gonna ask you something and now I forgot about it. Um, info- oh, what about the people like me, Sam, that don't have rhythm? <laughs> you know, I mean, I tell stories, I can talk on these shows, we do a live stream, uh, we figure out how to send it to the different network, we figure out how to make it a podcast, you know, all those different things. But, but at the end of the day, a marketer can't be good at everything, right? And that's, I, I do want to remind everybody of that. I know a lot of companies are now trying to hire what they call the T-shaped marketer, which means you're really good at a lot of things, but you're not great at a lot of things, right? Just maybe good. Um so i mean i don't i wouldn't even know where to start i could come up with a brief i could come up with a here's what we're trying to do i could come up with a strategy so to speak and some of the content but i don't see myself ever in my life creating a jingle or presenting it in the way you're presenting it you know what i mean like i could never see myself doing that
0: okay so let's show a shift let's let us reframe this so that once again, we're not really thinking about uh, jingles because that almost diminishes the power of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, what you and I are about, Christoph is aura story. We believe in connecting through communication. And we understand that to the degree we craft the most important point in this presentation or the, uh, the staff meeting that we have or the report that we're going to give, if we step back and we say, of everything I'm saying, What is the main point? What is the action I want them to take, the change I want them to make? Now I'm going to get it down into one sentence. And now we, uh, you know, what you say, Sam, I don't have rhythm. What we're going to do is we're going to write that sentence down and we're going to start saying it out loud. Because guess what? Most of us have an ear for rhythm even if we don't give ourselves credit for it. We know when something is easy to say, when it rolls off our tongue. And if we come up with three or four options, and now we do not know which one sounds best, which one's going to resonate most, is that, you know, we go online and we go to our Facebook group, we go to LinkedIn and say, hey, I'm thinking about a title for this presentation. I'm thinking about my rally cry for this report. Of these, which do you like and why? And people will say, you know what, I like this one, you know, and and they'll give us that feedback that can help us hone it down and make a selection. And, you know,
1: what's interesting about the the comment. Yeah, absolutely. A big fan of that model, honestly, to get feedback and, and, and work on and build on it, right? Plus each other, yeah. uh, for sure. I'm always, uh, and some people claim it's an excuse when I bring this up. But seriously, I, I believe that I have to say the crappy idea before I can get to the better idea right and some people claim that's that's an excuse but i don't think it is um so when you do that though the, the thing i think we kind of um glossed over really quickly is so i always talk about external right like this podcast is external uh, the live stream is external the audience is external uh, but i think what you mentioned as well is there's also a place here internally and and the the picture that came to my mind was actually a VP of sales um, a f- maybe 10, 15 years ago that uh, I was in his meetings a few times. And I'm not a salesperson, but we were uh, creating a product. And he always made it a show. And I don't remember all the things he did if he followed your model, but I'm pretty sure there was some singing involved. I'm pretty sure there was some of those things. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. um, very, very memorable things. And I'll, you know, the other thing too that, that comes to mind, I was in Berlin talking, to, speaking at a conference and a former marketing executive i think it was a, some nba club don't remember the name but phoenix suns and he made all these executives from bundesliga soccer teams um do the wave you know because like what do you do in a, in a soccer game when there's nothing going on or whatever you, you do the wave so let's get started and everybody remembered that i still remember that i'm like i remember who did that and where
0: You know, so Christoph, you're bringing up, I mean, there's all kinds of ways to be more memorable. We just talked about an airtight sound bite. There's Dog on a Tanker stories. There's, um, oh, uh, the Did You Know opening. Let me tell you one of my favorite. And it Mm -hmm. is uh, one of the quickest ways to be memorable in the first 60 seconds. Now, I hope people write this down, and then I'm going to give the real-life example of someone who did this brilliantly. So please write down, start with where. Next line put them there or put people there. Next line, share why you care. Next line, dare them to care. And here is someone who did this, probably one of the best I've ever seen. Have you seen the Ted Talk of Stacey Abrams by any chance?
1: Uh, it doesn't ring a bell, what was the topic?
0: Okay, well, here, let me let me go into the opening because see mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, There's a disproportionate importance of the first 60 seconds, because if we're long, they're gone. If we don't have them at hello, we lose them at hello. So one way to be memorable is to make the first 60 seconds so compelling. We we, you have captured our interest and we are there with you from start to finish. And here's how Stacy did that. And here's how your listeners can do it. She started right in, no preliminary, no perfunctory marks. She started right in how proud she was when she was elected valedictorian of her high school in Georgia. She and her parents were invited to the governor's mansion. Now, they didn't have a lot of money, so the day of the event, they took a bus. They took public transportation to the governor's mansion. She and her parents got off the bus. She walked across the street. The guard took one look at them, and decided they did not belong there. He assumed because of the color of their skin that they must be tourists who are just there to take some pictures, and he told them to go away. Well, now, the mother pulled out the printed invitation from her purse to prove that Stacy was part of the event, and he ignored it. And finally, the father persisted and said, check your guest list to see that we're on it. And sure enough, they were. So the guard allowed them to go in. However, Stacy said she does not remember what happened at that event. She does not remember the awards that were given, the other people that were there. All she could think about was the humiliation, the embarrassment, the shock that she felt when she was told she did not belong there. And then she goes right into when she ran for governor of the state of Georgia. Her campaign vow was to open those gates so that everyone would feel welcome and know that they belonged. Now, all of that took 90 seconds. She had us at hello. Why? She started with where? She put us in the scene of where she became a woman on the message. She didn't uh, just tell us about it. She reenacted the dialogue so we felt like we were standing right next to her as if it was happening right now. We were crystal clear where she began to care and that's when we began to care because we knew where she was coming from. So I'm reaching out to all your listeners. What is something you care about? A project or a cause or an issue, a topic? Instead of telling people what we're going to tell them, Why not a 60 to 90 second story where you put us there, where you begin to care and you share why you care. And that's when we begin to care too. I can already
1: hear people screaming at us, Sam saying, oh my goodness, I cannot talk about that in 60 seconds. I need much longer. And of course (laughs) my, my favorite examples to list, especially when I talk to a lot of startup founders or entrepreneurs, you know what they say to me? I say, hey, tell me what your company does. And you know what they say? They say, well, it's really hard to explain. And I'm like, well, if you if you can't do it, who, who will? <laughs> you know, um, I want to circle back to the internal in a minute here. But the other thing um, that caught my eye here, of course, you wrote, uh, got your attention with the goldfish on the cover a few years ago. Uh, fantastic book, if you guys want to check that out. But um, the goldfish, of course, is, you know, the attention span, right? I mean, it's so short. And uh, for a long time, people argue with me, that that means our content should be short. And sometimes it should be, I get it, but I mean, listen to us, we're talking for 30 minutes roughly, that's what how long these shows usually are, and we're not gonna make it six seconds, we're not gonna make it 12 seconds, right? But I I believe, and you, know, you tell me if you disagree or agree or what your thoughts are, but, but the attention span of the goldfish doesn't mean everything has to be short. It means that we have to reestablish the attention every 10 seconds, roughly. So I better have to say something every ten seconds that's worth listening to. So my ten seconds are up. What do you think?
0: I think you're right. In fact, this is and and how we capture attention is we hit the ground running. We have a, a crackerjack first sixty seconds that has people at hello. And here's an example: you're talking about pitching about inv- about people getting investing for their startup for their nonprofit or whatever. And you may know that I was the pitch coach for Springboard Enterprises. We helped women entrepreneurs get $10 billion in funding. So one of my Springboard clients came to me. She said, Sam, I got good news and I got bad news. I said, what's the good news? She said, I'm speaking at the Paley Center in New York in front of a room full of investors. I said, that's great news. I said, what's the bad news? She said, I'm going 2.30 in the afternoon and I only have 10 minutes. She said, Sam, you can't say anything in 10 minutes. And I said, Kathleen, you don't have 10 minutes. You have 60 seconds. They will have heard 16 other pitches by the time you talk. Their eyes are going to be glazed over. Well, here is the 60-second opening we came up with. Not only did she win millions in funding, she was Business Week's most promising social entrepreneur in 2011. Ready? Okay. Did you know (laughs) there Mm -hmm. are one point? Eight billion vaccinations given every year? Did you know up to a third of those are given with reused needles? Did you know we're spreading and perpetuating the very diseases we're trying to prevent? Imagine if there were a painless one-use needle for a fraction of the current cost. You don't have to imagine it. We've created it. In fact, in this article, she's off and running. Are your eyebrows up? You know, she used to start her presentations by explaining what they did, that they were some medical delivery device for subcutaneous inoculations. A what? It's a what? Confused people don't keep listening. With this did-you-know technique, and if we've got time, we can share it with people. You want to log into a dialogue in the first 60 seconds and engage people so they want to know more.
1: It's very interesting. I mean, I hear that too all the time. People talk about, you know, the example. I can't even do it any better than how you just did it. They talk about all the jargon, right? This is what, we're the industry leader in state of the art technology for uh, our customers. Blah blah blah. What does that mean? Um, how about internally? I mean, how you know we talk about that VP of sales who did a good job engaging people, um, but but not all this has to happen externally right you can do it
0: internally uh, and then who who does it here here anybody does it who wants to get someone's attention is because if we start telling them That is a sage on the stage that's top down. They're not really listening. They're waiting for us to stop talking. So our goal is to say, did you know? And then we come up with three startling statistics, three things they don't know. Did you know that this is costing at this amount of money? Do you know that this is taking three times longer than it's necessary? Did you know that, uh, you know, we have uh, 100 people working on this when we really only need 20 people? okay, eyebrows up. I didn't know that. (laughs) We want to know more. Now we move into imagine. Imagine if there are a way to work on this with 20 people instead of 100. Imagine if there are a way we could reduce costs by 20%. Imagine if there are a way that we could get this done in a fraction amount of the time. You don't have to imagine it. This plan actually spells out exactly how we can do it And once again, you have transformed the communication instead of telling people and they're passively sitting there, you know, how long is this going to take? No, we have engaged people with questions by asking something they don't know that they want to know by painting a best case scenario where they're sounding sounds pretty good. And then we jump right into, you don't have to imagine it. And we go then right into how we're going to do it. And in 60 seconds, we have earned their attention instead of infobesity.
1: Instead of infobesity. I'm going to certainly use that term and and quote you. The other one is, uh, no, you don't have 10 minutes. You have 60 seconds. Uh, Very, very true. So sometimes though, maybe it's not the did you know concept, but uh, when I see writers doing uh, uh, question headlines, you know, did you? I guess it is. Did you know this or whatever? Or like, um, are you or bees or whatever it is? And a lot of times uh, they also filter out an audience, right? And even if uh, if you think about the imagined, like if I have somebody come to me, I don't know them, or they send me an email, right? I mean, I get all these sales emails all day long, all day long on LinkedIn. People connect with me. You probably had that too, Sam, right? They connect with you and they say, "Uh, I realize we're both humans. Let's stay connected on LinkedIn uh, because we have that in common. Um, So when they come to me and they say, imagine a day where you don't have to worry about whatever. Like I I tune it out. Do you know what I mean? Because it it feels like it's... um, even if they got my attention. So where's that fine line? How how do people know when to use it correctly and uh, make make it work?
0: I am so glad you're bringing up because I am not talking about being cheesy or manipulative. I'm not talking about just using language to get people to do what we want. I am talking about putting ourselves in the shoes of our audience and asking ourselves, what can we share that will genuinely connect with them? And I'll give you another example. It's that I was judging something called uh, the dolphin tank. This is kind of like a a kinder, gentler version of the shark tank. And I was looking at the business plans in advance. And there was a woman, Sherry Carter, who was trying to get funding for a hook you put in your car to put your purse on. And I'm thinking, really, you want funding for a hook you put in your car to put your purse on? She was brilliant, Kristoff, because this was at the Long Beach Convention Center. She hauled a full-size car seat up to the front of the ballroom. She put her purse and she put her keys and her cell phone on, or not her keys, but she put her cell phone on the seat. And then she put her hands on an imaginary driving wheel, and she, here's how she started. Have you ever been driving along? You had to stop all of a sudden And your purse and your cell phone fell off the seat and you're kind of scrambling around trying to retrieve them while you're trying to drive with the other hand. Imagine never having to do that again. A man in the audience stood up and he said, I'll take two, one for my wife and one for my daughter. And Christoph, I thought she went from really to I'll take two Because she put us in the scene of the problem she was solving. We related to it. We have been there, done that. Or someone we love has been there, done that. We don't want it to happen again. So we voluntarily wanted what she was selling. Not because she was telling us its features and benefits and so forth. It's because she so eloquently put us in the scene where something had happened and we didn't want it to happen again. Fantastic wrap-up,
1: Sam. Really appreciate that. Um, Don't be cheesy. Don't be spammy. Don't send me an invite because we're both human, um, but try to be relevant to your audience and um, be repeatable and retweetable. Now, I know that rhymes and and fits your model here, uh, but is there a significance to Twitter? I'm a big fan of Twitter. Uh, I know some companies are are wondering, why do we have to be on Twitter uh, it depends by the industry, but but do you see, a, um, other than that it, that it fits, do you see a significance to, to companies and brands using Twitter?
0: You know, I'm so glad you said that because, see, when I got my book deal for my latest book, Someday is Not a Day in the Week, my literary agent who handles Rachel Maddow and so forth said, Sam, it breaks my heart to tell you this. You're gonna get a better deal if you have a bigger digital platform. And so I put a lot of time and effort into it. And and you know, Clorox Bleach followed me, and people followed me, had zero posts and thousands of followers, and it did not feel an integrity, Christoph. And so I decided that social media was going to be how I shared my body of work instead of sell 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 i want to serve 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 i want to share insights and stories that people can use that they can learn from that they apply and get real world results so the answer to your question is i think all social media including twitter can matter if we use it as a platform to serve and not just to sell
1: and certainly i i can't disagree with that one bit i mean just look at this live stream you know we're on all these different channels And once again, we do have an audience on Twitch, uh, which is interesting, right? Uh, Really only did that because Switcher Studios uh, recommended it. Of course, we are using Switcher Studio for the live stream um, and the recording. Uh, Trap One gets you a month off if you're interested in trying that. I just posted a picture of Sam and I to my LinkedIn story so you can see the behind the scenes look. Uh, Sam's book, Books. How many books are there now, Sam? Nine from Nine. tongue food to pop got your attention and so on. So take a look at those trap dot online forward slash sam that ships you right over to her author page on Amazon. Um, sam, thanks for joining us. Really it was my pleasure to to learn from you.
0: What a joy it was, Christoph. Hope people find these ideas inspiring and useful.
1: You bet. Thanks everyone for listening and uh, watching. If you were on the live stream, uh, appreciate everyone for making the time until next time
0: that's a wrap thanks for tuning in please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels and don't forget to share this episode with your networks we appreciate you until next time let the best stories win